the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. Okay, the time 6.08 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, one line open, and I want you to call in if you have uh, heard our topic for this uh, evening. Uh, porn and alcoholism as two debilitating behavior patterns that can hinder and even devastate uh, relationships in the context of family and, uh, and and other very important responsible stations in life that you might uh, that you might have. And, and as a professing Christian, you want to get a handle on these things because they are not to control your life. You are to control all matters that are uh, given to you as freedoms and avoid all matters that are explicitly um uh, prohibited uh, by the word of God for your own welfare and your good. I do want to thank Deanna for calling. I think that was a brave thing that she did as a first time listener and a first time caller as well. Uh, and um, my heart goes out to her for the pain that she went through. I really appreciate appreciated her sharing the fact that she lost her dad. And I think she said her brother, and it really put her into a tailspin, particularly moving her away from church uh, because it didn't seem to have an answer to pain and suffering which is ironic because the cross is actually and specifically designed for that. Deanna, if you are still listening, this is what I want to say to you. The Bible is very clear in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near them that are of a broken heart and save it such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. I don't say that. And just kind of being a Bible thumper, I'm giving you a promise of God, particularly when you start talking to him. Cry out to him, Deanna, for uh, for guidance. Say, Lord, take my heart and take my mind. I'm professing to be a believer. Take my heart and take my mind and begin to gradually move me in a direction of a deeper walk with you, a real walk with you, an authentic relationship with you by which I can overcome what might end up being bitterness and anger, and uh, and 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 a kind of stiff arming of of God because of my past pains. We can do that, and we would want you to be able to overcome that. Um, I'm going to go to line number one right now and talk with Mike in Mountain View. Mike, are you there on line number one? Mike, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, brother Jesse? I'm great, man. You want to holler at me about our topic? Yeah, well, I know when you, I was listening at the show uh, when you first started off where he was basically had a center on the alcoholism and the pornography, right, yeah. as yeah, yeah, in yeah. the believers or around holiday time, right? Absolutely. So, and I kind of just kept listening, listening, praise God for the young lady that called in and your compassion and patience to actually deal with the situation because once the Lord allowed me to hear her from her profession, you uh-huh. said it in the end, right? Right. Because of the lifestyle that she's in, but praise God for that. But nevertheless, let me ask you this, uh, Pastor Jesse, just to be theologically correct. Sure. Where does judgment start at? Um, judgment in terms of um, what? Scripture-wise. 
scripture wise. I know Peter talks about it in First Peter five, somewhere around there. Time is again when judgment starts in the house. Yeah, that will be around First Peter chapter four, verse seventeen. The time is coming when judgment will will begin at the house of God, and then for those who are ungodly, that's what Peter says. So now, right. if you're talking about okay, the, now, I, go no, I was only yeah, I was only seeing that because of the church, right? Right, the body of Christ, right? Right, right, right. right. Because God has allowed me to be around many Christians, pastors, some that smoke, some drink excessively, right? Yes, sir. Then from him delivering me, man, from all of that, right? Right. And me praising God to share with them that, man, I don't want nothing that's going to dilute this temple of God. Or you hinder the spirit because the spirit of God is everything. Yeah. Well, you know, I smoke because, no, you smoke because you want to. You drink excessively, right? Yeah. Maybe you don't realize what it is. Right. And the eyes that God allowed me to see through it, is it's more of a like, okay, then it's grace, and it's really no big deal. But according to the Scripture, you give strong drink to him who is perishing. But because of the times that we in, you know, we got a lot of Christians, what I just call them lukewarm, because they don't really want to conform to the true witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The answer, you, you Again, answered it for, right, you, well, start, let's go back to alcoholism and then we'll move to porn because there are two sides okay. of the same coin. And I know thousands of okay. men and women are listening. First of okay. all, first of all, you got it right. So let's, you know, do you want to be theological? I'm going to give you a framework for the concept of judgment. So the concept okay. of the concept of judgment first starts with the character and nature of God uh, being a okay. holy, righteous, just God who cannot stand sin. That that being the case, he has given us laws, prohibiting laws, as well as laws by which we can advance in our walk with him. And he gives us his laws in order for us to live the best life we can possibly live between grace and glory as children of God. So he never tells us not to do something just to keep us from doing it because he's the big dog. It's always don't do this, don't do that, because it's better for you. Therefore, 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 within the framework of judgment, it starts with God, his precepts, his his assessment, his his declaration, his his framework for imperatives to you and me always start with him. Then they take residence in our conscience. Secondly, Mm -hmm. that's Romans chapter two. We either accuse or excuse by virtue of the law written on our conscience. So we all have one. See, Deanna had one. You know, I, I, I was mm-hmm. gentle with her, but I knew she had a conscience. Remember what I said? How do you deal with that conflict? And she affirmed that is there, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, okay, she, yeah, she, she. I, I only I only wanted you to address that because I know you're the theological scholar and the spirit field brother in Christ, right? So now you address it, that opens the door to the next point. Uh-huh. Because normally when we talk about alcoholism. We ain't even going to get into pornography. We're just going to stay right here in alcohol and drink. Because most of the time, when we roll that bowling ball down the aisle and start knocking down pins, first thing folks will say, well, you can't judge, right? That's bad. When really, all I'm hearing the Lord say is you will know them by, by their, their fruit. fruits. Absolutely. Right? So at the same time, I'm only talking about today and then nevertheless, always wanting to help somebody. Because sure. as you said, right? Sure. That's what it is, you sure. know, because whether God saved you from alcohol, pornography, drugs, or just too much Dr. Phil or Oprah. I don't know what he saved you from. That's right. But at the same time, there are differences with individuals where it may be a problem to me, but not a problem to the other individual. Indeed. So with that being said, 
that's what I was just saying about the alcoholism. Because, you know, some folks, man, you know, they say, well, I tell them, I swear, brother, I'm strong. Is it a sin to drink? No, it's a sin to get drunk. Exactly. You got that? Time, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, with me, I could drink, but no, I want to glorify God in, in my whole lifestyle. Now, this goes back Whatever to the point. Right? Now, this goes back okay, to the point. This goes I'm back. Gonna, let, me get, let me go straight to the point. I mean, then you can, you can actually to say everything what it is on what I just said. Again, we got pornography on every channel now. Yep. Yep. You you got the lady. I ain't even barely got clothes on selling a hamburger. Yep. Every day. Yep. So the, those who are dealing with that sin, that's something, man, that we need to confess up on. Yep. Right. Yep. And then realize, okay, if I got a problem with that, I can't be clicking on the crow when I'm online yep. when there's a site for the dub. Yep. You got it. You know. Right. The individual battle, right? right? Praise God for that person coming forward and seeking that out. Yep. You know, but then again, with the marriage thing, if you don't want a husband, learn how to be a wife. Yep. Yep. You know? Right, listen. So if you want to be a, a you know, so mm-hmm. in all those situations, what you're saying, truly that is a problem, but for God to purge his church, it's, it's ministers like you and I to get these topics out and let the individual know they're okay then. We're only righteous in God's eye. God strengthens us through time. He yep. gives us the fruit through time, purges us, right, so these things will fall off, so that we can help the young lady, the young man, the, at, you know, that God brings across, across our path. Listen, excellent answer, my brother, excellent answer. I'm going to stop you right there, send you down the road with my blessings, and hopefully my blessings are God's blessings for you, because intuitively you knew you had the answer. And uh, and just in dialogue, glad to have you, have, have you with me, uh, affirming what the Bible would have us to do. Graciously tell men and women the truth, knowing that for those of us who are believers in Christ, it is a process, but it's a process uh, walking towards the light, not the darkness. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for the call. And I'll do it like this before I go to the break. I would say this for those of you who want to um, enjoy a a kind of a concise uh, understanding of what, what Mike is asking. How do we let men and women know, particularly in the framework of their liberties, how important it is that they never let their liberty become an, an occasion for sinning against God. There's just no, there's no wiggle room to get into trouble with your liberties to the point where you're sinning against God. And that has everything to do with your conscience and then your commitment. Like I may know consciously by the word of God that I should not be drunk, but do I have a greater commitment to make sure that I'm always in a way that when I'm dealing with people or confronting people or addressing people, that my heart is right enough so that now I can do more than just, you know, make sure I'm not drunk when I meet them, but have the kind of energy and motivation and zeal and passion to help them to grow, move forward and walk in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Here's the other principle of judgment too, Mike. Whatsoever man souls. That shall he reap. So if they want to cry that we're judging, if they want to cry that we are being quick to point out people's sin, just let everyone know. And we all know this. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. And so if God's not talking to you, if conscience is not talking to you, if the preacher's not talking to you, one day the fruit of your labors are going to talk to you. I'm going to take a break. Got two lines open. one 888 My concern is around us addressing the issue of pornography and alcoholism relative to spiritually weak men 
particularly spiritually weak men and families who are not leading their families in a deeper, more robust, much more uh, biblically conformed faith expression for Jesus. And uh, and unfortunately, my experience has been that with a lot of very weak men, this is the way Mike put it, a Laodicean church, uh, behind the weakness are trapped like porn and alcohol. Let's talk about it. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back at the time, 622 on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Enjoyed Mike, really did. Let's go to line two and talk with Timothy. Timothy, are you there on line two from Richmond? I am. How are you, man? I'm all right, brother. How are you doing? Great, great. Let's let's talk about porn and alcoholism um, from a man's perspective. And uh, are you single or married? I'm married, brother, and it's it's awesome. Like uh, I just turned on the radio, and you couldn't be more on point with things that I've been struggling with. Amen. Um, now you know I'm a I'm a God fearing man. I, I, my wife led me to the Lord. To be honest with you, that's I, I great. Was raised not knowing them, um, but always had it inside, knowing like you know I, I was searching and. Right. As soon as I found them, um, it changed my life completely. Now, to tell you how how good the you know the evil is, uh, when I met my wife and the, the, got baptized, mm-hmm. I, I can honestly tell you, I was thinking, I already know the one situation that's going to be hard is is the intimacy part and the and the sex part and the porn part. Right. It's something that was normalized, especially somebody who was in a family that didn't know the Lord. Right. So, you know, when I saw uh, what I would refer to as the sins of my father, um, you know, they become normalized. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like that bad of a thing. And um, it's been something that I've struggled with, uh, being a husband. Um, You know, it gets to the point where, you know, I, I, I listen to my wife. And, you know, when you're married, I feel the safest way is to say this. If she did it, would I be happy with it? Right. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that the way to put it? That really is the way to put it for both spouses. You That is such a key component there, man, that you're stating, Timothy. Always ask the question, if what I am doing is right or wrong, I can know by whether or not this would feel good or be right with my spouse. This is what is meant when Christ said uh, uh, that we are to um, love others even as we would love ourselves. Do unto others as you would do unto you, that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. That means always think of what's right in terms of the best for the other. I love it. So go ahead on. Okay, man, and I'm glad that you're loving it because, you know, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, and I think my wife would agree. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm always seeking the Lord every day. Right. Uh, you know, there's not a day that I don't talk to Him and right. um, either praise Him or definitely have questions. And right. I don't feel there's nothing wrong with that. And um, my wife's been an amazing person, and it got to a point where you know my wife has been very straight up with me on both of these subjects. Sure. You know, she she doesn't appreciate the looking watching porn and. Mm. You know, ultimately, I feel guilty. Uh, there was a time where it was very habitual. Right. And then there was a time where, you know, um, when I really started to understand what my wife wanted wanted out of me and I was talking to the Lord about it, you know, it, it, I feel it's one of those things where it just eventually it touches you, like, to where, 
you either going to say you're with it or you ain't. Right. You know? Right. Um, now, I'll be honest with you. Uh, even in my battles with it, I, I, there's been times where I've went three years without watching it. And the devil, man, he's so good with it because it, I feel you know how it is. The stronger you work, the more temptation I, I feel seems to be thrown in your lap. And <laughs> There's a truth to that. Where, you know, I'm with my wife, and uh, if we can't be intimate that night, then the what do you think the first thing that pops in my head? Of course. Well, uh, I bet you I could just look at some porn real quick. Right. You know, and, and then there's so many ways to justify things. You know, you like to think like, well, I'm not looking at the woman because I like her. I'm just, you know, trying to gratify myself or right. whatever. And, right. Um, you know, it really all points down to like, you know, I it's, it, I try to live with, with being a married man. I'm always on the point. If my wife is going to do something, would I be okay with it? So that's one of the things that I would like to just share with people. Like, you know, if if it's something, especially in this porn realm, if you're okay, uh, do, uh, you know, if you're doing it and you're not okay with your spouse doing it, I think that's a major red flag. And that's what really gets me, uh, you know, to check myself. Now, you know, I would like to tell you, I, I, I am a God-fearing man. And um, porn, even still to this day, I, you know, I can tell you I, 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 I've been great. I've been, you know, God has really been helping me, um, but it's still a battle. Sure. And I feel, I feel it'd be unrealistic to say that every day, you know, every day is a battle um, because they're, they're trying to find new ways in and whatnot. And, you are, uh, you are correct about that, Timothy. And uh, what I said to Deanna, affirmed with Michael, uh, who had just called here, Brother Mike, who, who came up out of um, alcoholism and is enjoying his liberty in Christ. He would never say that um, he's not fighting the battle every day to, to not capitulate. Uh, Deanna affirmed that as, as shallow as she is in her walk with God, her conscience is still vital enough to let her know that what she's doing by way of, you know, producing porn uh, doesn't she can't find a way to harmonize that with her walk with Jesus. And, and what you're saying here is so critically important to my aim and topic today, because what I really want uh, people to note is that that struggle first is real. Um, that struggle is perpetual because of two things. One is our context has not changed. Even though our nature has changed, the context in which you and I live hasn't. And and, and there is more availability to both alcohol and porn than mm. has been ever before. Therefore, you are waging war against it all the time. I like your ethic. Um, if, Thank if, you. if your wife doesn't care for it, you shouldn't either. This is what this is what covenant mm. is all about. The twain becomes. I mean, one flesh. I, I would want to uh, affirm to my audience who is walking because you got people who are walking in the light. All three of you callers have been walking in the light. I got callers who are in the dark and don't want to admit that they are more trapped in porn than they want to be, more trapped in alcoholism than they want to be. They're not quite coming to the light on that. Give me one one negative effect of the porn that is impacting your relationship with you and your wife and family. Um. Okay. Pretty direct question, but I'll think, uh, you know, to me, um, it, it's kind of an emotional thing. So one thing I've learned, you know, porn um, is one of those things where you really, I, I even feel the more, the more you get in tune with God, you realize how much of, of porn is worldly. Uh, the whole, the whole thing they portray in front of you 
it's just it's so fake and phony yep. and that's what i think is the most dangerous thing about porn is because there are things where you know my wife i, I love my wife because she's she's really she just puts it out out straight and you know uh you look at these women, man, and they got all day to go work out. Yep. You know, they pay for this and that. They yep. got all the makeup in the world. Yep. And then I got my wife who's trying to cook for my family. She goes to work. And, you know, she sat me down like, yo, if I if I could have a workout person and have all the makeup, believe me, it, it'd be a different story. Right. And, and it's just being real, I got to agree with her. My wife puts in so much work. I don't have to worry about my wife in that lifestyle, but her actually being a God-fearing woman and trying to keep me on the right. So I think to answer your question is, it's, uh, you go, I go, I think the thing that troubles us is the, um, the falsehood of it. Yep. You know, the falsehood yep. of knowing like, oh, this, this woman right here would, would have the time for me. Yep. And this woman right here would probably, you know, uh, allow me to be the man that I want to be. Right. And the, and, and that woman right there is not, you know what I'm saying? Listen, that, like, you just have affirmed, man. you have affirmed the fundamental principle and I got to take a break on here. I really appreciate your call. What we struggle with is the lie. Is the lie. We struggle with the lie. Do you hear me? We struggle with the lie. This is how we know we still have sin in us, that believers are simultaneously righteous and sinful at the same time. And here we are. We can know we're dealing with a person who isn't even real, a person who is largely plastic, a person who has been made up, a person who themselves are lying. The whole image is a lie. And yet we are struggling to want to prefer that than the reality of God's grace in front of me, which is my covenant partner who has met my needs all my life. And yet I want to struggle with that. You are being honest about it, and this is why this is why I'm having this program because your wife is in the ring with you, going to battle against hell with you to help you realize reality is what God has called us to, not figments of our imagination, which will send us to hell. The Bible is very clear: if you are my disciples, you will continue in my word, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall continue to liberate you, uh, brother Timothy. Keep walking in the way of truth, and let God continue to liberate you. Love the wife of your youth as. Proverbs puts it so clearly and drink from her fountains and her fountains only. And may God keep you satisfied with him through her all the days of your life. God bless you, bro. Got to take a break. Got three lines open. This is our topic today. Three lines open. one 888 You've got to be able to talk about it from experience. You got to be able to talk about it from struggle. And you got to talk about it from strategic ways of overcoming. I don't want to hear any other philosophical talk. We're trying to help people out there. The ones that are not calling are the ones that are listening and they want help. I want to hear from a few of them. one 367 5329 The rest that are not, the wives, you know your husbands. You husbands, you know you got a few wives. They're tipping, tipping and dipping too. Call. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's have a good Christmas. I'll be right back. And we are back at the time, 631. You are listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, California, where we preach the gospel, teach the word of God, exalt the glory of God in the person and work of Jesus Christ as the grounds of our acceptance before him and our identity as sons and daughters of God by faith in Christ with God being our father. 
That's what we do. And Christ is the answer. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you and I are complete in him. Without being in Christ, there's no completion. Let me go to line number two and talk with Richard in Santa Clara. Richard, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, question, comment, observation about our topic, sir. Well, uh, it's it's kind of hard. Uh, I consider myself as be located pretty much from from this, but uh, uh, it, it's hard to listen to. Where's your struggle? My struggle is well. I, I have no uh, no yearning to uh, go back to that former life. Okay, and I'm I'm happy for that. Yep, and. Uh, I'm I'm kind of nervous. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Tell me, tell me, what are you doing as an assertive and positive response to your liberation now? From was your liberation from porn? Yes. Okay. What are you doing on the positive end to make sure that you are not operating out of a vacuum? Because what happens when? A person is able to dry up from an alcoholic uh, excursion of years or months or what have you, is that they may feel pretty good for not engaging in drinking or not engaging in porn, as you have stated that you have been able to uh, experience the victory therein. But there's still an emptiness because on the positive side of a proactive life, One may not be engaged in something that can be of benefit to others, which is the reason for which we are alive. Are you engaging in ministry by which you can help others come out of that pit of the past that you have been delivered from? I have a, well, what has been termed as a learning disability, Mm -hmm. but uh, I've got a brain injury. Yeah. And it's, see, see, I had, had, had the money to uh, do lifestyle. Right. But, uh, I, uh, I didn't see anything in it except harm. And, uh, so I, I, I got out of it and I started reading the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, man. Very good. I, I listen. Started uh, reading the Bible and, and uh, going to church. Yep. Yep. Found the right church. Yep. Good good deal. But I find a lot of churches that are good and some churches that are lukewarm. Agreed. I totally agree yeah. with you. Yeah. So. Hey, let me ask you a question, bro. Are you have you listened to this program before? No, I listened listened to KFX for, for years ago, but okay. uh, I, I let it go for a few years. Okay. Well, how'd you end up listening today? I just tuned in. Okay. Good. 
Uh, listen, I'm very glad you listened, tuned in, and not only that, but glad you called in. I'm very thankful for your freedom from porn, and I'm thankful that you are a part of a healthy church. A, a, I hope it's biblically based in God glorifying and Christ exalting, as well as I'm. Uh, you know, you are in our prayers in terms of your brain injury. Uh, God is definitely able to use you, uh, my friend. So don't don't despair in that. Be ready to encourage where you can about how wonderful it is to be free um, from using our brains the wrong way and using our bodies the wrong way. And please listen again. And anytime you want to give me a call, my friend, Richard, thank you for the call. Glad to have you online with us. I'm going to go to line number uh, three and talk with TJ in Richmond. TJ, are you there? I am here. What's your uh, question TJ. coming to our observation, sir? My observation is also on alcohol. Um, Alcohol is something that uh, my father and his grandma, you know, I I remember being a kid and my grandma calling and leaving messages and my dad being like, I'm not answering the phone because she's drunk. And, you know, I felt like my father would start to drink and, um, and I'm kind of at that thing. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where reading the Bible, you really start to think of those, um, what do they call it? It's like uh, an inherent, like kind of curse. Sure. The sins of the fathers the being passed the father. to the children. Right. Exactly. So right. I, you know, it's one of those things where I know alcohol definitely plays a part in my lineage. Um, and right now, you know, I'm with my wife. The one thing, you know, that I really like to talk to you about with alcohol is, um, there's times where, uh, you know, I, I look at alcohol, I, I was always raised, especially when I first got into the Bible, a lot of people discredited alcohol. Um, they would even tell me like, oh yeah, well, when they were drinking alcohol back in the day, it was, it was great or something, you know, there was juice. It wasn't the alcohol we have today. But then I found a little, um, you know, uh, controversy with that because I felt God obviously was talking about drunkards of course. and being merry. Of course. So I, I, I felt like, you know, uh, they're talking about some, some alcohol. That's right. Um, now, where I come from, though, you know, I have an issue right now with my family where when I do drink, of course, I, I, I would, everyone who drinks would like to think like they have it under control. Um, but when I do drink, you know, uh, I, I try to make sure that my responsibilities are done and that, um, you know, I'm not out of hand. Um, but recently it got to where my wife was like, you need to take 30 days. You need to take 30 days and not drink. And I was really upset because I felt like there's times where I drink and no one has an issue and I don't feel like I really do too much. And then there's times where like I will drink and they'll think I'm sober and they'll be like, oh, I love you when you don't drink. But then like I did drink, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I really bad- I really battle with it because I feel like I do see where, like, you know, I I look at the Bible for scripture and it says when you're a drunkard or when you're acting like a fool, you know, you're doing too much. But I think the Bible is very clear in like when you drink, like at the wedding, when God produced the wine, right? uh, I feel there's a, I feel there's a time and a place for everything. Right. But when it, when it comes to the accordance of drinking, I would never think, or I do not ever believe anyone should drink to where their actions can't be accountable or controlled. Except but that feel, here, here, here's where I would encourage you to think through with your wife what she is asking you to do. 
This will get into a mode of um, uh, a character assessment that has to do with the the, the capacity of self-discipline. Uh, one of the things I do with a number of areas in my life is to prove whether or not I actually have authority over a thing by being able to refrain from that thing for a period of time to see whether or not it has authority over me or I have authority over it. Um, TJ, mm. one of the evidences of being an alcoholic one of the evidences of being an alcoholic is the inability to refrain from the alcohol at will uh, for for uh, lengthy periods of time without withdrawals, without attitudes, without emotional uh, sort of hangups. Uh, when when it is suggested that you would put it down for a while, uh, if you find yourself struggling with the proposition. You do have a problem, and that's something that you would want to begin to address as a believer. Uh, what I would want to encourage you in is to take another, uh, take another, another level of your walk with Christ that would um, demonstrate that uh, people don't have to find that uh, that that TJ is only enjoyable to be around when he's got a little alcohol in the system. That would be a very critical symptom of alcoholism. And I would much rather see you uh, walking in the freedom where with Christ has liberated you from. Your wife said that because it was a concern to her and she's right. And you are also right that this is an inherited uh, propensity that makes it very much easier for the person that is engaging in it to get locked into uh, an addiction pattern. And addiction patterns are hard to detect early on. So I'm so thankful for your call. I'm going to take a break. Um, I'll be right back. Thank you for the call. We'll be praying for you, brother. I needed your call. We will be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back winding down our program. Let's go to line number one and talk with Jenny in San Leandro. Jenny in San Leandro, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? I'm good. Um, So I'm calling to kind of give a perspective, I guess. I know you didn't really want the philosophical calls. I don't know if this is going to fall under that, but I was in... um, Many years ago, I was delivered from a relationship that uh, the person was um, addicted to both. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, I can really speak to, and, and what made me call was the gentleman that called maybe a couple calls back who mm-hmm. was married, and sure. you asked him a, that direct question, and he didn't quite answer it. No, he didn't. But I, yeah, so as how it affects a person that you're involved in in an intimate relationship, it, it's huge. Yeah. And um, I, it, it, it had really affected me um, in many ways psychologically because you, for the porn side of things, it doesn't matter even how beautiful or whatever you are, you will feel like you'll never measure up to that. And right. yeah, those women have had plastic surgery and all kinds of stuff and it'll, have you kind of, it'll mess with your self-esteem big time as, so if you love your wife, um, think about how it might be affecting her psychologically to know that you're looking at other women. I just want to say that to men out there and then alcohol, that was even worse because that, um, that was just, those are behaviors that, you know, I've since been delivered to from that kind of codependent behavior that I had. So I have to accept the responsibility that I had some codependency issues um, 
praise the Lord, now I'm able to work with addicts. But at one point in my life, I was living in a very, uh, in that world, a very sexualized and alcoholic world, you know, and just, you know, I, I saw a lot. (laughs) Right. Would you, would you say, um, Jenny, being on both sides of that equation and and you're still young enough to, um, you know, have many years to come by which you're not so um, codified in your thinking that, you know, there isn't room for growth. Would you say, that um, this is actually a problem. Like, let's combine your experience in the past with a relationship Mm -hmm. that carried both components. And the reason why I brought both components up is because I know what I'm talking about. Um, They're very seldom uh, separated. Uh, If a a person is given to porn, he's going to aid and abet porn by drugs or alcohol or if not a combination of both because they are in pain management mode. You know me, you're one of our members at Grace Plus, you're part of my mm-hmm. prayer team, and you know that I'm talking about uh, health, quality health, and pain management as, a, as a, a triad in people's lives. When we are not healthy, we spend almost all of our time in pain management mode, and pain management is not just physical, it's emotional, psychological, and spiritual, as you know. Um, and therefore, a person that's given to porn, uh, along with uh, alcohol and other uh, uh, paraphernalia that might alter the mind, is really uh, engaged in a preoccupation with pain management. That being the case... Yeah. That being the case, it makes it hard for them to actually have a deep and healthy and profound relationship with someone else. Yeah. And and therefore, that other person is really very much aware that there's a wall up, there is uh, a barrier there, there are restraints to how if how how authentic and how deep and how uh, productive that relationship can be because there's another lover lover if not two or three that actually is putting a limit on that relationship and now that tempts you uh, as a female uh, or the one who uh, is not as addicted to it that tempts you to actually want to exercise a kind of uh quid pro quo of um if he's doing it then i'll do it and if you know if he can be that way i can be that way this is such a vicious cycle that happens in marriages in in relationships in general if we don't begin to deal with it yeah you're right um i was just really blessed to have you know god calling me simultaneously when all this was happening, I almost feel like that relationship I'm actually thankful for. Right. I hope that makes sense. I because do. I, it, it really grew me, and it was through that relationship that I finally committed fully to walking with Christ. Right. Um, because I was like, okay, <laughs> yep. this is a demon right here. Right. I agree. I agree. It delivered me from the relationship, and um, but I had, it took years of healing and yep. Uh, work yep. uh, and self-reflection and learning how to have self-control and yep. that I'm still working on. And that, that kind of stuff affects you. Even like you said, there's that context or that's what we now have when we're walking with Christ, yep. that we're still that person. And he's like molding us and shaping us and pruning us. But yeah, there, there was so much of that. There's so many things that 
it was like I was in the addiction too. Yep, definitely. No doubt about it. Um, That's what relationship yeah. means. That's why mm-hmm. I wanted to have this conversation. I'll probably have it again next week um, or, or at least one more week before the Christmas time because what the holidays are for us is an opportunity to relate with people. And particularly when you have family, um, whether children as a downline or parents as an upline or spouses as a peer group uh, and then constituents uh, as uh, an extended peer group family, when we are trapped by the uh, behavior of porn, the, the, the context of porn and are trapped by uh, the abuse of alcohol, it's going to impede the quality of all those relationships on a personal level for the person that's trapped mm-hmm. by. And it's going to impact the people that are around them who are bound to them by some kind of covenant, whether marriage or in the Christian family. And because I said in my opening monologue that this is really a big elephant in the church, what I'm really getting at, Jenny, is uh, first starting with our men, because, you know, it's very clear the statistics are strong about porn for men, although it's accelerating for women as well. Um, What I'm getting at is wanting to make sure that my obligation as a pastor and to people of faith is that we don't sweep this under the rug because it's too big of an elephant to sweep under the rug. Um, And and, and we can use uh, pointers and and, and, uh, time-sensitive opportunities like holidays to really begin to ask the question, have I overcome this? Am I overcoming this? Do I have a loved one that's trapped here? What is my obligation? for wanting to, you know, stimulate my loved one to come up out of this stuff because we really do want to walk in freedom that liberates us from simply being the kind of Christian that is either like Deanna, who is, you know, completely uh, misguided in how to walk with God relative to being a porn producer, to our brother who is still struggling with it and having a hard time uh, being able to fully uh, reconcile its damaging effect to our previous caller who um, whose wife told him he needs to do 30 days out. See, it's very prominent, very, very prominent. Listen, thank you for the call, getting ready to wind uh-huh. it down. Um, bless you. And Jerrica, you have to catch me next week uh, because we're just getting to that time. Um, it's the end of the program. Um, the topic is phenomenal. We just scratched the tip of the iceberg. I really do want to see us healthy. I want to see, see us living a quality life, a deep, robust, vital Christian life where our liberties are never, ever opportunities because, for us to become slaves to the creature. But to show our royalty as sons and daughters of God, walking in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, transcending and uh, dominating and uh, dealing with our passions in a way that glorifies God, honors and adorns the gospel and, uh, and gives us the joy that God has called us to. Listen, our program is winding down. You can hear the music, Lord willing. We will see you again next week. Until then, keep your eyes on him who loved you and gave himself for you. His name is Jesus. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. 
Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.